As Jose and I sit down to record our first episode of our new season, we thought we'd make good on a promise we made way back in season one when we talked about the nine to five workday. This time we're going to be talking about the virtual work environment and Office 2.0. For our opening episode of season two, we're going to address what the research tells us about virtual work and collaboration. We cover how these virtual teams have enabled us to work in dramatically new ways and have changed the architecture of our work environments. We also discuss whether these tech-enabled work arrangements are good or bad for us and what their implications are for how we socialize at work. I'm Nicholas Bremner. I'm Jose Espinoza. And you're listening to Mind Your Work, a podcast about social science and work and what happens when you put these things together. So before we begin, one of the things we wanted to cover was what exactly are we referring to when we talk about Office 2.0? And Office 2.0 just refers to a movement that has been revolutionizing the workplace based on the impact of technology and really how quickly it has advanced and allowed us to do a a few different things that we weren't able to do before. Now, Office 2.0 is very complex and it covers basically anything in relation to how technology impacts the way we work. But for this episode, we're particularly going to be focusing on two things, and that's telework and virtual teams. A teleworker is basically someone who works remotely uh, outside of an office. They could be working alone or they could be working with colleagues. When you have someone who teleworks and works other people, you could say that they are part of a virtual team. A virtual team is a group of individuals who are basically not working in the same environment. They're geographically separated in some way, perhaps across time zones but they're working together to achieve some kind of common objective in the organization. And what has contributed to our ability to engage in telework and the use of virtual teams has been the advancement of technology in communication. Particularly, we started with text-based communication like email. And since then, we have developed a much broader variety of communication mediums for use online. We are trying to bring virtual teams as close to an in-person work environment is possible. We do this through video conferencing tools like Zoom or GoToMeeting. We do this by creating social media boards like Yammer or Jive. We do this by enabling more rapid text communication, going beyond email to things like Slack or Google Hangouts where there's a record of every conversation that's being had and you can just ping someone, which is the equivalent of tapping them on the shoulder in the work environment. And perhaps most importantly, We have these project and collaboration like workflow softwares that enable people to keep track of what's been done and organize their work, even though they can't see each other. And virtual teams are actually really prevalent in the workplace. There's some recent information uh, around 2012, the Society for Human Research Management put out a report saying that about 66% of multinational organizations use virtual teams in some way. And those numbers are even larger when you don't think about virtual teams on their own and just think about how many people are engaging in telework in some way. And given that we're recording this in 2019, we can be pretty confident that these figures are probably much higher than they were back in 2012. So they're really prevalent, but are virtual teams and remote work a good thing or a bad thing? The thing is that research seems to suggest that at least for organizations, telework and virtual teams can be really good. There's some evidence that people who engage in telework to some extent, even if it's just part-time, are a little bit more productive than people who work in the office full-time. They also want to stay longer and they are also more committed to the organization. 
in terms of virtual teams, there is some evidence that virtual teams are actually also a little bit more innovative than in-person teams. And they tend to save costs because it allows you to do things like have one expert working on one time zone so that when they're done for the day, the next person on the team picks up the work just as their day is starting somewhere else in the world. The important thing to keep in mind with virtual teams is they might not be suitable for every single kind of work project or task type. Um, so it's important to consider the implications of that when you're when you're building a team that's geographically distributed. But there are also both pros and cons for the people doing the work. Um, when you're working remotely and you're not seeing people face to face, that changes your day to day quite a bit. Before we discuss the the impact that teleworking and virtual teams have on, on individual workers, let me just paint a picture for you quickly. Imagine someone works from home five days a week, full time. They typically get out of bed around eight o'clock, they brush their teeth, have breakfast, and they don't have a long commute. They just go to the other room and they sit down at their computer and, and start plugging away. They might have a few messages from coworkers, but they can just dive right into their work. They can have a really great, you know, three productive hours from nine to noon, no distractions, no one tapping you on the shoulder, and you can just kind of push right through. Contrast that with an office environment where you may have a half hour, hour commute. You get in, you have potentially meetings during the day, coworkers wanting to catch up over the weekend. You may not get down to work until like 1030. You can see that these two different work environments are very, very different from an individual contribution perspective. So you may be tempted to think that teleworking is fantastic. You're way more productive. You have way more independence, which is true. There is research suggesting that we have much more freedom and autonomy when we work from home and there are fewer distractions. However, there are lots of pitfalls as well. Particularly, it's really easy to forget why we structure work to occur in offices and shared spaces in the first place. There is a lot of value to the social interaction that can come from being in the same workplace with other people. It's easier to handle small issues in the moment by going over and tapping on someone's shoulder and getting clarification. It's also much easier to build relationships with your teammates when you're able to see their faces and maybe waste a little bit of time talking about what they did on the weekend. Being in a telework arrangement that is full time deprives you of those kinds of situations unless we are able to step in with really rich ways of using technology to make up for those shortcomings. So as Jose said, when it comes to actually collaborating and socializing with other people, what makes teams effective is really this bedrock of, of interpersonal trust. You have to be able to trust your teammates to ensure they're actually going to hold up their end of the, the bargain and, and do the work and be collaborative. And really, I mean, if we think about an office environment with all these informal interactions, like your, your stereotypical water cooler talk, it may seem like a waste of time on the surface uh, or a distraction from work. But this is actually a really effective process of, of trust building. When you discuss either work or non-work issues with someone in your office environment, you're actually evaluating that person's level of trustworthiness. You're building rapport. You're getting more information about them that you can actually use when you're working with them to trust them. When you have a virtual work team, you have fewer opportunities to build trust. And there's research showing that when trust is low in virtual teams, team effectiveness suffers much, much more than they would in an office environment. 
but technology can actually buffer for this. You've probably heard the saying, trust but verify. Technology has actually enabled us to document work steps in a much more regimented and, and kind of granular fashion than we have before. And when you implement a, a project workflow platform, like something like Trello or, or Monday.com, this enables team members who are not in the same office together to actually verify what each respective team member is doing. This kind of steps in as synthetic replacement for trust. And so while trust is extremely important in virtual teams, documenting work steps clearly is, is able to buffer for this a little bit at least. But going back to that informal interaction that happens in the office, we don't want to lose sight of what it does for the individuals themselves. That person that ended up going to work full-time from home, yes, they might be able to use this new technology to essentially document their work and ensure that the team performs smoothly and efficiently. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be enjoying the social benefits that would have come from having those interactions in the office. And while it's not a perfect substitute for in-person social interaction, we might be able to leverage other kinds of technology, things like video conferencing, in order to help bridge for that lack of report that can be built in face-to-face -face interactions that you might not be able to get so easily online. So it's really crucial that if we are putting virtual teams together and having some people work full-time in a remote fashion, we want to create ways that they can still have some sort of interaction with employees that simulate in-person interaction. Things like video conferencing is one way to do it, but also allowing things like channels on the messaging platform that are random and not necessarily about the work. Something that allows people to post funny cat pictures and kind of receive some of that water cooler talk in a different way. Yeah, Jose raises a good point that virtual work collaboration doesn't have to be entirely structured around work. There can be built-in activities uh, intended for you know, building fun and rapport as well among your teammates. And this is, I, th I think, a really effective way of building trust. Additionally, this isn't necessarily a, just a black or white issue. You don't have to work from home or telework five days a week. There's a meta-analysis that found that actually 2.5 days from home on average was kind of the sweet spot for getting all the individual work benefit from autonomy and freedom, um, and then getting also the social benefits that you get from being in the office and seeing people face to face. And it seems that the, the key finding from this idea of engaging in about half telework, half in office arrangement seems to be that you can still get that social interaction and all of the little bits that come with that in a compressed fashion. So you can compress your meetings with your colleagues, with your supervisors, with your customers into those few days at the office, knowing that those days at the office are going to be a little less effective in terms of getting your individual work done but are still contributing to the performance of your team and the performance of your department because you still need to have those meetings and all those other social interactions that are required for your job. Another factor from a personal standpoint is the amount of recovery time you have from working at the office versus at home. So people who spend you know, maybe half their time working from home, they're able to kind of recover from the day's demands. And, and perhaps this is possible because, I mean, they spend less time commuting, they have more time to, to run errands, and their schedule is just generally more flexible. So you're able to kind of orchestrate the balance between your work or office life and your home life and family demands than you would otherwise if you were in the office full time. So we've covered a lot of pros and cons and, and technology factors that might you know, help alleviate some of these cons for, for teleworking and working as part of a virtual team. But if you're someone who is fortunate enough to have the autonomy or, or is considering working from home at least a couple days a week, the main takeaway would be just consider that both working with colleagues in an office environment and working from home 
each have their pros and cons, and balancing those two environments, if possible, is probably the best way to go. Don't underestimate the benefits of seeing your coworkers face to face and really building that trust in person if you have the option to do so. But if there are times when you really need to, to have your head down and, and engage in deep work for a while, working from home can be the best option if you set your work environment up properly as well, which is a whole other episode potentially. The other factor to consider if you're thinking of working from home is to make sure you have the right competencies and skills to actually take advantage of this kind of work arrangement. In relation to that, there's some really interesting research that tried to look at what are the kinds of things that people who work in virtual teams need that maybe are not so important in a traditional team. And the results basically came down to two categories of skill sets. The first was a leading and deciding skill set, where really people who work in virtual teams or engage in telework need to be able to initiate action, need to be able to motivate themselves to set goals and work towards those goals when there isn't a lot of checks along the way that are in place to easily gauge where they are in terms of their project. If you listen to our episode on personality, uh, this leading and deciding competency actually relates quite closely to the personality dimension of conscientiousness. More conscientious people are uh, better able to kind of self-manage their time and are a little more orderly when they're not being directly monitored. The other aspect is that if you're engaging in telework, you also need to consider that you need to have strong analyzing and interpreting skill sets. Even though there are really rich communication mediums like video conferencing, a lot of virtual work still happens through text-based mediums. And sometimes it takes a little bit of more work to get used to the new technologies that are being introduced and to extract the information you need to perform effectively. Another factor to consider when working as part of a virtual team is that you need to have the teamwork competencies and the ability to, to collaborate and cooperate. When you don't see your teammates, it's, it's extra important to be able to have the reputation as, as a person who's cooperative, especially when you're, when you're communicating with people in a more stripped down kind of lo-fi medium like text, where it's harder to read intent. You can't see people's nonverbal expressions. So if you're considering engaging in telework or being in a virtual team to some extent, really take stock in terms of whether you are the kind of person that is going to thrive in an environment where you're going to be working on your own most of the time. And if not, what are the kinds of skills you need to work on to become that kind of person if telework is something that is really attractive to you? cap off this episode, we thought we'd talk a little bit about what working uh, in a virtual team has been like for me and Jose. As we've mentioned before, we're not recording this podcast together in person. And, you know, we, we leverage technology really heavily to make this podcast happen. So I guess the main thing that we probably wanted to discuss in relation to this was the, the need for us to coordinate and plan our episodes very carefully. And I guess what I mean by this is our timeline, even though now it has become one episode a month, for example, can get really tight when we have to schedule our only meetings, our only audio meetings once or twice before we record an episode. And I think that's one of the major issues that comes with working in a virtual team. And particularly for us, it's because it's not our full-time job, but in part of it is kind of finding a way to arrange meetings when there isn't a place that the other person is going to be at for sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. Um, just coordinating and, and collaborating, I think, is 
is much more difficult given that we don't see each other on a daily basis. We used to work, for example, in an office environment together. Our offices were a one minute walk away from each other. And so we worked together on a daily basis. But then also if we were doing this podcast, we were in the same place. I could just like pop over and tap you on the shoulder and ask you a quick question or something. Or we could just, you know, have a five minute conversation, throw around some ideas. And so right now we heavily leverage uh, a chat platform called Discord, where we record our audio and, and we also, you know, send text messages and stuff to each other. And, you know, we can post questions to each other on Discord, but I know that you're not always on it all the time and neither am I. And so sometimes I might ask you a question and it could be a couple days before I get a response. So that kind of like rich and rapid communication is is lacking, I find, with a, with a remote work arrangement. Yeah, and I think it particularly makes the the project itself the most difficult aspect in terms of figuring out our outlines and having a quick iteration process. That's really difficult when you have to engage in kind of a, a virtual team setting, or at least it's been that way for us. Uh, another factor that I think is probably important to talk about is is uh, is trust as well, right? I mean, that's we mentioned it's like the the bedrock of of working as part of a team. I think an advantage here is that given that you and I have, you know, a multi year history of working together in person, that trust has already been established. And so now that we're we're working apart, we've already built that rapport and that trust, which I think makes it a lot easier to collaborate because I know how you work, you know how I work, and we do leverage, uh, you know, Dropbox to to put documents and and put notes down and share ideas. But I think that that trust factor has helped us quite a bit in terms of making this happen. Yeah, I think it allows us to bypass a lot of checks that you would otherwise need to have. Like sometimes we might have, you know, one conversation about an episode and one of us goes out and write the out, writes the outline for it. The other person then comments on that outline and that's it. That, that outline doesn't kind of get talked about until the next time that we have an audio kind of meeting. And I think that really particularly comes into play with trust because I find that if I make comments on, on one of the outlines or there's a revision I want to make in terms of the content we're covering, I don't have to go back and check whether you have implemented that content or not. I just trust that you have evaluated my thoughts on it and you make relevant revisions and we go with that. Then another factor that I find, I think this is probably the biggest challenge in my opinion, is when it comes to recording, it's more difficult to have kind of a conversational flow when you're not in the same room as the person. Like I can't see you right now. It's harder for me to jump in when I have a thought about something. It's harder to make things kind of more conversational or informal. There's a little less back and forth. And that's that's a bit of a challenge for me, I find. For example, there's one episode that we recorded in person, our mindfulness episode, and if you're the kind of person who would enjoy re-listening to our episodes, and if you've already heard that one, if you go back, I think, and, and I noticed this when I was trying to edit that one, it was very clear that we were in the same room. And not just necessarily in terms of audio quality, because that's obviously a different setup than what we usually use, but there was a sense that we were having a conversation. It's it's much easier to read another person's expression and see where they're going with a point and, and pick up from there. Whereas the way that we work now, because we kind of have to have this awkward silence after each person is done saying something before the next person can realize, oh, wait, they're done. Now I can say what I'm going to say next. It, it, that is much more difficult in the current arrangement than it is when you're sitting in the same room as someone else. I think I can tell a difference. I, I, know, I know you can as well, but maybe our listeners can't. Who knows? Maybe we've done a very good job at incorporating kind of a conversational, uh, natural element into our podcast. With that, I'll just say that's all we have for today. We really hope you learned something interesting this episode. Maybe share this episode with a friend who you know is working in a virtual team or is considering switching to more of like a, a work from home arrangement and see if they, they find this episode interesting and, and relevant to them. Now, this is not homework, but like we just mentioned, Mind Your Work is a virtual team. 
So if you're aware of any technology or ways that we could improve our own process, we would love to hear them. Think of it as actually doing a little bit of consulting work. Unfortunately, we can't pay you for it, but we'd love to talk about and try any of the other technologies that you know out there that could be helpful for our own process. We'll at least give you a shout out. To give you a point of reference, our current tech stack is Dropbox and Trello for collaboration, and we use Discord for uh, voice communication and text. So this season, we're actually adding a new way for you to contact us. We actually have our Gmail open to you. So please, if you have ideas of the kind of technology we could use, send us an email at mindyourworkpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us, as always, at mindyourworkio. If you want to listen to more episodes from season one, you can visit our website at mindyourwork.io. I'm Jose. I'm Nicholas. And we'll see you soon. Another advantage of technology, cordless headphones allows me to spin wildly while I'm recording. Something that you probably couldn't do if we were in the same room together, because I would probably tell you to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably do. So there's an advantage of the virtual setup for our, our recording arrangement.